Good afternoon, New Hope Community Church and friends and family. Good evening, good evening. If we can make our way back to our seats so we can step into what God has for us tonight. How's everybody doing tonight? Can we give our God a shout in this room this morning? Thank you, Jesus, right? Before we uh, enter a worship tonight, Evan's going to enter us in uh, scripture. And then we're going to uh, give our Lord some honor. I'm going to read out of Psalm 44, um, an excerpt from there, verses 4 through 8. You are my king, O God, who ordains victories for Jacob. Through you we repel our foes. Through your name we trample our enemies. For I do not trust in my bow, nor does my sword save me. For you save us from our enemies. You put those who hate us to shame. In God we have boasted all day long. And your name we will praise forevermore. God, I just thank you, Lord, that we don't have to trust in our own strength, Lord God. That, God, it's your grace, it's your favor, God. It's your anointing that's got us through this week, God. You've, you've taken care of us by, not by our own might, God, but by, by your spirit. And we just say yes to you, Lord. We say yes to your way tonight. We just want to bless your name. We want to praise you in this place, God. So we say yes to everything that you want to do. Let your kingdom come and let your will be done on earth as in heaven, Lord. Work in our families. Unite us here as a church, God. We desire you. We desire your kingdom and your purposes, Lord. We love you and we bless your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we all rise to give honor to our fathers tonight? I 
Who knows that the presence of God is in this place tonight? Lord, we thank you for your presence. Right now, let's just all just lift up our thanks to God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, that we can come and worship freely in this place. Thank you, God, for the work you're doing in our lives and our families. All the answered prayers. All the things we know that you're going to be doing in our lives. We thank you, God. We come to praise you. We come to magnify your name. We come to lay down our own mind, our own emotions. We lay down our plans. We're here for you, God. We are a temple for you, God. We say yes to all that you have. Your will, not our own, Lord. We love you. We love you. bow down to the God of wisdom, to the Prince of Peace, to the Holy Spirit. I bow down when my mind, when my mind is weary and my heart is heavy and my plans are failing. I bow down to the God of wisdom, to the Prince of Peace, to the Holy Spirit. I bow down. Bring your eyes of fire. Come and search me freely. Bring your fire to my soul. Bring your fire to my 
the deep places, the deep places, bring it fire to my soul, bring it fire to my soul, and bring your eyes of fire, come and search me freely, and bring your fire. Come and search me freely. Bring your fire to my soul. Fire to my soul. Fire to my soul. Search the deep places. Deep places. Bring your fire to my soul. Bring your fire to my soul. Search the deep. Search the deep. I've opened up, I've opened up, I 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 Chronicles 7.14 states this. If my people who call by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from sin and all of their wicked ways, 
and I will change your life and change your past and give you glory for all of your days. I give you wisdom and power and glory and glory. I take you to glory and glory. I take you to glory, glory, glory. To glory and glory and glory. He'll take us to glory and glory and glory. To glory and glory and glory. He'll take us to glory and glory and glory. Once more, you won't you give him more? Give him all, give him it all. You got nothing to lose, you got more things to gain. Give Jesus it all, give Jesus, give him it all, give him it all, give it all for revival. It's our heart for survival, give him it all. Cause he take us to glory, to glory, to glory. He takes us to glory, to glory, to glory. Oh, he take us to glory, to glory, to glory. Better is one day. Better is one day in your house. Better is one day in your course. Better. 
Thank you, Lord, for taking us to those deep places. Lord, we don't want to just be in the, the baby pool anymore. We want to be in the river. Lord, I pray you would just fill us with your Holy Spirit right now. Just a fresh infilling of your spirit, your life joy, your peace. Pray that that would just come upon everyone in this sanctuary. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hey, uh, before we move forward, we have kind of an urgent prayer request. Kathy brought newborn baby. Name is baby Henry. And so we're just basically praying for, I mean, he was, they had to bring him out. Okay. Okay. So he's in intensive care and life support. Okay. So if you could just grab some people around you and let's just, let's just lift up. His name is Henry. Let's just begin to speak life. Let's just begin to speak life. Father, we, we thank you for this child. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that this child will live and he will not die. He will declare the praises of the Lord. Lord, I, I, I just speak life into that body right now. We speak life in Jesus' name. Speak healing in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray that he would only be around the best doctors. I pray that you would give doctors and nurses around him supernatural wisdom. Lord, we're asking you for a miracle. We're asking you for a miracle. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
If you have anything else that you want to pray for in your group, just go ahead and let's just have a little time of prayer together. Just have two or three minutes. Let's just pray. Whatever you need. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Pray for provision for this church, Lord. Remodeling, Lord. We pray that the debt would be retired. Lord, I pray that we would have the the finances and the resources to finish the parking lot, the kitchen, the women's home. Lord, I pray we'd be able to expand the men's home. Lord, I pray that finances would be provided for everybody for the missions trip. Lord, I pray you'd provide us with a van. Lord, we need a van. Pick people up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I thank you for increase in this house. Thank you for increase. Increase. Lord, I pray your spirit would move powerfully today. guys want to take just a minute or two and kind of get ready to wrap up thank you Lord Amen. Not not to rush you, but if you're finished praying, you can grab a seat. No hurry. No hurry. If you could go ahead and just turn the lights up in the back. Welcome Friday Night Live. We're going to take today's offering. Uh, looks like the ushers are already up here. Matthew chapter 6, 21 says, Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Your giving makes an eternal impact, goes to support what we do here at the church, which is leading people to Christ, making disciples, healing the sick, casting out demons, all that fun stuff, building community, reaching the lost, feeding the hungry, men's home, women's maternity home, all those things are supported by your giving. Lord, thank you for 
I thank you for all the people who give tonight. Lord, I thank you for the impact that it'll make. Lord, I thank you that, uh, that, that every, everything that we need is already provided. So we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Allow the ushers to go around, take their offering. A lot of good stuff going on around here. A lot of people were asking if we were having a good Friday service. So since kind of we were having a service every Friday, I didn't really feel like I needed to answer the question. But yes, we are having a service on uh, Good Friday. So uh, that's something that we normally do. Uh, also in that week uh, on Wednesday, we're doing a Passover Seder. Um, I think uh, on Thursday, Jen is going to be washing feet. If you want to stop by the sanctuary for Maundy Thur, maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. She's like, no, not me. <laughs> no, just kidding. Wednesday, Wednesday will be the Passover Seder. Friday, Good Friday service, of course. Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. We'll be having a, our, our normal service uh, with a little bit of extra stuff. Uh, part of a kids program. Um, Sherry's been having uh, practice here on Saturdays, so uh, that's always a uh, that's always a blessing. Um, of course, you know our Monday night is our celebrate recovery, and our Wednesday night is our Bible study. So I've been talking um, about as we kind of get close to Resurrection Sunday. We've been looking at the Old Testament, and we've been looking at uh, the shadows, the things that point to uh, the resurrection, the, the, the crucifixion, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The way that you can understand the Old Covenant is actually through the New Covenant. When you understand the New Covenant, when you understand the Gospels, when you understand Christ and the plan of salvation, then you can look back at the old covenant and be like, oh, that's what this really meant. This is what this was alluding to. It was really alluding to the one that was going to come. The, the, the lambs that were sacrificed at the temple was, was a picture of Christ who was going to come. So we're, we're looking at some of these Old Testament types and shadows. We'll never get through them all. But this one, I simply just called the love of God, the love of God, because I feel like the love of God needs to be the absolute foundation of our faith. I feel that if you do not truly comprehend the love of God, then you're going to build on a faulty foundation. This is how people really get into religion and they get into works and they get into self-effort and, and earning God's favor because they don't really understand the love of God. They don't get it. They can't get their minds wrapped around it. And I wish from the very first moment that somebody says yes to Jesus that they would truly understand, you know, how wide, how deep, you know, how great the love of God is for each and every one of us. See, uh, if, 
Every other thing that we do as a Christian, every other doctrine, every other spiritual discipline, if we understand the love of God, it's just gonna flow in a different way. It's gonna flow in a totally different way. You know, not here to, you know, uh, Catholic bash or anything like that, but, but as a Catholic growing up, I kind of saw God more as an angry God. You know, that, that, that God was always angry with me. He barely was putting up with me. You know, you had to get to confession to get the wrath of God off of you. And I, I never understood the, the God that loved me in the very same way that he loved the son. That was foreign. That was a foreign concept to me. But if, if my identity is in the fact that I am loved by the father, then, then that means that I'm gonna pray a little bit different than I would pray if I was just kind of going through the motions. If I know my identity, if I know that, that I am loved, like even the way that I read the Bible is gonna be different. I'm not reading it from, you know, okay, this is what I have to do and I have to get through my couple pages or else, you know, God's gonna be mad at me. No, I, I'm reading the pages because through the pages and through his word, I get to know him. I get to know who he is. I get to know how he thinks. He, he speaks to me through his word and he loves me. So I wanna be with him. Even the way that I approach operating in all the gifts of the spirit because the, the gifts of the spirit work through faith. And the Bible says faith works by love. See, everything, understanding the love of God. If, I, if I'm rooted and grounded in the love of God, if I know that I am truly loved by God, things just flow differently. Everything, everything that I do as a Christian just flows in a different way. Even the way that I look at coming to church and being at church, knowing that, that, that the church is called the bride of Christ, this is not just a building that I come to or a service or I attend. I don't just show up for the performance. No, this is a family that I, that I belong to. Amen. That as I'm beloved and, and I'm with the rest of the family of God and, and God loves me and that love kind of shines through me and radiates out to everyone around me. John 3.16 says this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but will have everlasting life. That means that the way, if I have a question about does God love me, that I should be fully able to grasp the love of God in the fact that he sent his son to die for me. How much do you love me, God? So much that I sent my son to die in your place. I mean, just let that sit on you for a moment and don't just skim over it. Oh, I know John 3, 16. I know the word, I know the word. No, I, I want you to truly understand because I don't know that I understand that type of love fully. I can't imagine allowing my daughter my grandson, my, my son. I, I can't imagine allowing them to be harmed for anyone. 
As, as, much as, as much as I might love you guys, I can't see giving my daughter and saying, you know what, I'm going to give my daughter's life so that you can live. But God gave his son, his only begotten son. I mean, I feel that, you know, for a split second, when I was in that, in that alley with Trey and that little boy pulled the trigger and shot him, and I saw him go down and I saw a pool of blood on there. I knew what it was like for a moment to lose a son because I thought he died right there. Praise God. God was there. God was in the middle of it. God worked a miracle. Amen. God tells you when you're going to go. And the devil doesn't got a say in that. The devil may want to kill me, but it doesn't matter. There's appointed a, a time for me to die, and the devil can't touch me until that, you know, well, really never. But he's not going to take my life early. But in that split second, hearing that gunshot go off, seeing him fall, see the power. I mean, I can't explain the feeling that I felt. And you guys that have children, that, that, that have that, that have kids, I want you to just think about it for a moment to give up your child for the life of somebody else. I mean, could you really do that? See, that's a whole different kind of love to wrap your mind around. And I, and I couldn't even imagine ever being in that place. Could you imagine even being in that place where you gotta make a decision? You know, you're on a boat, you know, and maybe the boat is sinking and you have one person with you and you have your child with you. It's like, hey, you know what? One person's got to go overboard because this boat's only got room for two. I mean, as much as I might be close to you guys and I love you, I'm sorry, you know? I mean, I'm going to pray for you and you're going over the boat in Jesus' name. <laughs> Better hope you can walk. Because that's, that's my little girl. My little girl, she means the world to me. She's born into the world. I loved her right from that moment. She didn't have to do anything. Just love her. Father loves the son with a perfect love, yet he gave up his only begotten son so that you could live, so that you could have life, so that you could be forgiven of your sins, so that you could live life and live it abundantly, so you could have your connection with God. So that on that day when, when, when this, this tent, this tabernacle kind of fades away, you're going to go and you're going to be with the Lord forever. But it took that sacrifice. So I, I can't imagine even having to think like that or even be put in a position like that. But there was a man in the Bible that was actually called to make that type of sacrifice by God. And in this shadow of the cross, I, I want us to really feel the weight of what actually is happening in, in this story because this is probably one of the most dramatic stories of the Bible. Go to Genesis chapter 22. Genesis 22, we're gonna go to the book of the beginnings. And we're gonna look at a guy by the name of Abraham. Now, after the Tower of Babel, God 
created a man and the nations were sort of disinherited, but God was going to have his own nation. He was going to have his own people. And, and he starts with this guy by the name of Abraham and he calls him out and he says, you know, come out of your country and come out of your people. I'm going to show you a land that I'm going to give to you. I'm going to bless those who bless you. I'm going to curse those who curse you. Your descendants are going to be as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. That's what I'm going to do with you. And so Abraham followed God and, and he goes out. And so he, he just journeys and he takes, uh, you know, he takes all of his, his people with him and he's, he's heading out and he's heading out to a land that God says he's going to show him. And he's supposed to have all these descendants, but he's getting older and older. And, and his wife uh, hasn't had any children. And so they decide that they're going to force God's hand and decide that, hey, you know, there's a, there, there's a slave girl. I'm going to have you sleep with her because, you know, I don't know if God forgot about us, but we're going we're gonna to help God out. And, you know, you're always going to make a mess trying to force, force something early before God's timing. Called birthing an Ishmael. And, and Abraham had a son at that point, but it wasn't the son that he was promised. It wasn't the, the son that was going to be born to his wife. But, you know, looking at his wife, she's getting older. She's way past the, the, the childbearing age. But guess what? God always keeps his promises. If God said he's going to do it, guess what? He's going to do it. It might not look like, you know, it, in the natural, it may not look like it. I mean, if you're 100 years old and your wife's 90, I mean, what's the chances of you having your first child together, right? Not good. But it doesn't matter because with God, all things are possible. God's not, he's not, he's not restricted by natural laws. He's not restricted by a lack of resources. He's not restricted by what seemingly seems like a lack of health or a lack of life. He's the author of life. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He has the power to do whatever he wants. And, and the one thing that he cannot do is lie. And so if he made a promise, that promise is going to come to completion. And sure enough, uh, Sarah and Abraham had a child miraculously, and that child was named Isaac. And so everything, all this whole journey, him leaving his family, him leaving his country, all his legacy, all his destiny was tied up in this child of promise, this child that was born miraculously to a wife that was way past childbearing age and, and through Isaac was going to come all his descendants. And all of a sudden, God asked him a question. And we're going to read that question here. In Genesis chapter 22, verse 1, the Word of God says, It came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. And he said to him, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I should tell you. His only son. 
God told him, you're going to take that, you know that son that I gave you? That son that you've been waiting on? That son that you love? Take that son, and I'm going to show you a place. I'm going to show you a hill. And I want you to sacrifice your son, to offer him as a burnt offering. That was when an animal was, 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 was killed, was cut up, and basically burnt on a fire. I can't imagine even being asked that. It's, it's just striking to me. It's just, it's just very hard to imagine. But the next thing I want you to see is I want you to see the obedience of Abraham. Verse 3, it says, Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and they split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told them. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. So Abraham doesn't hesitate. He doesn't say, I'm not offering up my son. I'm not doing that. I won't do that. But it says that he woke up early. He didn't hesitate. He, 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 he rose up early in the morning. He didn't even sleep in. Well, you know what? I'm at least going to sleep in before I have to do this. No. He rose up early. He took everything he needed. He took all the wood that he needed. And, and no one is really told. He, he didn't tell the people with him. He definitely didn't tell Isaac, right? Hey, son, I got something for you. We're gonna go on a little hunting trip. You know, he, he didn't tell Isaac. He didn't tell the, the young men. And he says, he says to, to the people that were traveling with him, he says, uh, me and me and my son are going to go worship and then we'll be back. And I wonder, was that a statement of faith? Or was that because he didn't want to tell, you know, you could imagine, you know, him going with, with, with these servants and saying, oh, I'm going to go sacrifice my son. Would they have tried to stop him? I don't know. But in Hebrews 11, it says this. It says this about Abraham's faith. This is why uh, he's considered uh, the father of the faith. It says that he concluded that if he killed his son, that God would be able to raise him up. And the reason that he was able to conclude that is because Isaac was a miraculous birth anyway. Said that basically when it came time to having the plumbing to have children at his age, that was dead anyway. It, said, it literally says his body was dead. In that, in that way, his body was dead. Yet God was able to do a miracle and still have a child. So there was part of him that said, well, if God can give me this child in a miraculous way and, and, and he made a promise that I'm going to have all these descendants, then I guess that if I've got to sacrifice them, that God can raise them up again. It, it, it's simply a level of faith that we need to be at. 
that when God speaks, we obey quickly. Even if it doesn't seem practical, we live in a country that is very, very practical. Everything's gotta be practical. God's not always practical. And sometimes he's gonna call you to do some stuff that everybody that you're related to and everybody in your house is gonna think you're crazy. You know what, do it anyway. Do it anyway, just make sure God told you to do it. Don't just do something dumb to do it. You know, <laughs> make sure you hear the voice of God. But, but, but quick obedience, learning to hear that voice and just do it, you know? Lord, go, go over and give that person some money. I gotta think about that. Three weeks later, I don't know. God told me to give that guy 20 bucks. I don't know, I don't know if I should do it. Just listen quickly, do it. Quick obedience. Let's go on to verse six. It says, Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and he laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife and two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. Then he said, look, uh, we got the fire and the wood, but where's the lamb for the offering? He probably had seen Abraham do offerings before, so he knew it was all about. He's like, okay, there's something missing from this picture. I, I, I see that you got everything else. You got, the, you got the, the flint to start the fire. We got the knife. We got the wood, but I don't see the animal that we're supposed to be sacrificing. Where is it? And Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering. So the two of them went together. So again, Abraham, what I think makes another statement of faith, believing and trusting in God, that God would provide a sacrifice. Verse nine, then they came to the place of which God had told them. And Abraham built an altar there, placed the wood in order, and then he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar for the wood. Okay, now at this point, the secret's out. No more secret. But here's the thing that I want you to understand about this story. It's one thing for me to get, a, get, get like a, a child, a little boy, right? And, and, you know, and I can overpower that kid and, you know, hopefully get a rope around them. But even that's gonna be a little bit hard. But Isaac was not a little boy. Depending on you know, which, uh, you know, which historian or which theologian you look up, the youngest he would have been at that time was 25. He could have been up to 37 years old. So sometime in between 25 and 37, he was actually a young man in his prime. And Abraham was 100 years old. Well, no, probably by that time, he was probably 100, depend, if he's 25, he was 125. So, I mean, you know, I mean, the chances are a 25-year-old, you know, you get two people in a ring, you got the 25-year-old guy, you got the 125-year-old guy. I mean, I don't know who you're betting on. I'm gonna bet on the 25-year-old, right? But here's the crazy thing about everything is that 
Isaac had to submit to his father. This was a man who could have overcame him. This was a man who, in a sense, had to agree to, to doing this. And, and I don't know if there was any conversation or if he had to say, you know what, this is what God called me to do. But, but, but Isaac would have had to submit to his father and allow his father to bind him up and allow his father to put him on the wood for the offering. Kind of brings another dimension to the story, doesn't it? Verse 10, Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Imagine, cocking back, he's got the knife, he's ready to plunge it. Verse 11, but an angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you've not withheld your son, your only son from me. And Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind them was a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. The sacrifice would be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, by myself, I have sworn, says the Lord. See, when you're God, you can't like, you can't swear on, you know, you don't swear on the Bible. You can't swear. You got to swear on yourself, right? Somebody says, well, I swear to God. Well, God can't say, he just says, I swear on myself. He says, I, 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 by myself, I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and you have not withheld your son, your only son. Blessing, I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven, as the sand which is on the seashore, and your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemies. And in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Here's one of the things that we have to understand, and it's kind of a tough truth to understand as we walk with God that sometimes we get a vision or a dream from the Lord and that dream has to die and that vision has to die. In other words, it has to be released back into his hands. See, many times we get a word from the Lord or we get a vision from the Lord and we just start pushing and pushing and pushing and, pu and trying, to, trying to push. But a lot of times the, the, the things that, that, that we feel that we need, the thing that we're believing God for, sometimes we just gotta let it go and say, Lord, I, I don't, I don't know, but I, I want this thing. You know my heart, you know my desires, but, but I'm, gonna, I'm gonna just give it back to you and, and whatever happens, Lord, I will still love you. I know that I have you. I know that you've done amazing things for me. So I'm gonna give this thing back to you. You have to release it and you have to, to, to let, it, let it die and believe that he will resurrect your dream from the ashes.
God is faithful to keep his promises, but do you have enough faith to give that thing that you're believing for, that thing that maybe even you're staking your life on, do you have the faith to just give it back to him? Chris, I'm gonna pick on you for a second. Um, I, I can remember not that long ago, and I can remember praying with Chris, and Chris said, you know, I, I, I really, you know, I really wanna be married. You know, I, I, want, I, want, I want a godly husband in my life. I want a husband who's gonna serve the Lord. But you know what? If God wants me single the rest of my life, I'm okay with that. I'm just ready at this point to just give that to God. And if this is God's calling for me to just, you know, my desire is to be married, but, but if, if it's God's will for me to be single for the rest of my life, then that's okay. What did she do? She took something that, 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 that was a desire and she gave it back to God. And I think within like a, a couple months, she was dating Evan and then within a couple months of that, she was married. You know, Jesus even says that, you know, a kernel of wheat, it doesn't have life unless it falls to the ground and dies. But once it dies and hits the ground, it can produce life. And when she was willing to give that Give that dream, give that desire. She didn't say, well, you know what? If I don't get married, then, you know, I'm not gonna serve the Lord anymore. She said, no, I'm gonna give this thing to God and whatever happens, happens. And instantly, she was married, probably within six months of that, that prayer. I, I can remember, I, I can remember, um, like, for a long time, um, I had people telling me, you're gonna be a pastor, you're gonna do this, you're gonna do that. And I, and I didn't really want that. I, I had a bunch of other things that I was pursuing and, and being a pastor was, wasn't on my radar and I didn't feel like that, that I was really cut out to do something like that. But, but God began opening these doors and, and, and I even had a pastor tell me, you know what, I, wanna, I want to, to mentor you and, and I wanna teach you everything that I know and, and I know that God wants you to be the next pastor of the church. And I said, okay, and I surrendered to that. I had a business that I started. I, I gave that thing up to train for the ministry. And from that point on, almost everything in my life became the singular focus of training to be a pastor. And, and this went on for, for a few years. And then the next thing I know, there was this guy that showed up to and he was gonna plant a church over in Moon Township and, and he showed up and, and he began kind of hanging out at the church and, and all of a sudden the, 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 the lead pastor came up to me and he said, hey, you know, uh, I'd really like to put, um, you know, Pastor Sean on the, on, the, on the pastoral staff. How do you feel about that? And I said, you know, if, if you're the pastor, if you feel like he would be a help, you know, by all means. And he's like, okay, well, I'm going to put him on the staff. He's like, and then when I retire in a year, he's going to be the pastor, not you. I was like, okay. And I was like, I don't know about all that. He was like, all right, I got to go. I'll see you at service. And he just dipped out of the room on me. And I was just left with like this wound, like everything, God, all these prophetic words, all these voices that you spoke to me. And, and this wasn't even, I, I kind of resisted for a while, but once I gave my whole life to this, now you're telling me like, it's not gonna happen? That somebody else is gonna, like the church that I had a vision for and, and everything I wanted to, 
Then what was I going to do? Am I supposed to wait? Am I supposed to go somewhere else? And I remember just being so hurt. And I'm like, you know, and then you go through all these emotions, you know. I'm going to leave the church, start my own church. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You know, you're all, you're just mad. And then I was like, no, you know what? I got down on my knees and I prayed. Tears coming down my face. And I said, Lord, if, if this isn't your will for me to pastor this church, I've been pouring my whole life into this, thinking that this was the path you had for me. But Lord, if this isn't your will for my life and, and it's, you know, it, it's your will for somebody else to be the pastor of that church, then that's okay. I know that you have something better for me and I trust you with this. And that's it. I didn't fight. I didn't, I didn't yell at the pastor. I didn't say, man, that was pretty screwed up that you did that. I didn't do nothing. I just, I gave, I gave it back to the Lord. Uh, Lord, I'm, I'm just going to give this thing to you because I'm not in control anyway. Within a week, the pastor called me up and said, oh, you know that thing I told you about the, uh, you know, last Sunday? Just forget I even said that. I don't know what I was thinking. Later on, after I actually became pastor of the church, I had the district supervisor and another person that worked in the office. They said, yeah, the pastor called us and said they were going to put this other guy. We were like, no way, that's Rick's church. You're not doing that. You're not authorized to do that. They stuck up for me, and the Lord fought my battles, and, and, and I let it go. I didn't force stuff. I didn't, I didn't try to start a fight over it. I didn't say, I didn't get mad at God. I just, hey, Lord, I'm giving this back to you. If this isn't, I'll give this back to you, because Lord knows I can't do this thing on my own. And within no time, the Lord opened it back up. See, God's love is ferocious, and human beings are pretty fickle. And sometimes we pray for a bunch of stuff that we want, and all of a sudden we forget about God. God gives us everything that we pray for. God gives us the desires that, that we're seeking, and then sometimes the blessing that God gives us becomes more important to us than our relationship with God. And God wants to bless you, but he doesn't want the blessings that he gives you to be more important than God. I mean, I've seen it many times with the, you know, um, you know, some of the guys in the men's. We're gonna, we're gonna pray that we're gonna pray that God. Get, I, I need to get a good job so I can get get some money, and 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 we pray, and they get a job, and the next thing you know, their job takes them right out of church, takes them right out of can't come to Bible study, can't come to church. Why? Because they're working. And what happens? They're glad now. They're working. They're okay. They're sober now. They got a roof over their head, but they forget about the God who gave them that stuff. And I believe that that was what the test was all about, that even though Abraham had followed God and, and been faithful to God, was, was the, the blessing, the son of promise, was that going to mean more to Abraham than God does? God's got to come first. And God will aggressively come after anything in your life, good or bad, that makes him in second place. That's the love of God that comes after you, that chases you down. That's that, that one song. That's what it's all about, the, the overwhelming, relentless love of God, right? 
chases you down, comes after you, comes after anything that's an idol in your life, anything that would cause you to to, uh, love that thing more than you love God. It's a ferocious love. Sherry had a ferocious love when we were in high school. Now she doesn't pay me that much mind. We've been married almost 30 years. She's just like, whatever, she's over it. But when we were in high school, I mean, one girl walks by and smiles at me, talks with me, and she's showing up on the spot, walking in the middle, and she's ready to throw hands. Why? Because she didn't want anybody or anything coming in between, you know, um, me and her. You know, and she was always small. She was never big, but you know what? She grew up in the projects with six brothers and sisters, and she knew how to throw down. And if she couldn't beat you up, she would call her sisters to come help her. So I couldn't do anything, you know? But it was a ferocious love. You know what? I I love you too much to allow something to come in between your and my love. Don't, don't, Don't pray for a thing and then allow the thing to replace God. Don't believe God for stuff and allow those things to become more important than your relationship with God. Because then the blessing isn't a blessing anymore. The blessing is actually a curse because when you forget about God, then the blessings will lift off your life. That's, that's why in, in the old covenant that Moses warned them, when, when, you get to your, when you get to your land of promise, when you get into, and you have these beautiful paneled houses, and, and you're full, and you have everything you want, don't forget that it is God who gives you the power to get wealth. Don't you forget about where those blessings come from. But if you will put him first, then he promises that he will add all things to you. But don't get your priorities messed up. Don't get them mixed up. But I mean, the the story we read, there's no clearer picture of the cross and the sacrifice of the Father than in Genesis chapter 22. I mean, if we just look look at some of the things between Isaac and Christ, both both Isaac and Jesus were, were, were fulfilled promises. Isaac was the long-promised son of Abraham, but Jesus was the long-promised Messiah and the son of God. Both were the only son of the father, right? God told Isaac, your, your son, your only son. And God spoke to Jesus when he was being baptized and said, this is my beloved son who I am well pleased. Both of them had a miraculous birth. Isaac was born to parents who were very old. Jesus was born to a virgin by the name of Mary, conceived by the Holy Spirit. Both were undeserving of a sacrificial death. Both were sacrificed in the very same place. The mount that Abraham, there's, I think R2-D2's in here or something, <laughs> running around the aisles. I don't see him, but maybe he needs to get saved. The same place, remember he was saying, he said, I'll show you a place where you're going to offer your son up for a sacrifice. That was the same place where Jesus hung on a cross, 
all those years later. Both were loved by their fathers. Both had a three-day experience. Isaac had a three-day hike to Mount Moriah. Jesus had three days from the cross to the grave to the resurrection. Both were accompanied by two men. Isaac was accompanied by two servants. Jesus was crucified in between two thieves. Both carried their own wood. Isaac carried the wood on his back for the sacrifice, and Jesus carried the cross that he was crucified on. Both submitted to their father. Isaac willingly laid down his life, submitting to the father, and Jesus submitted to his father's will, laying down his life for our sins. And both, in a sense, were brought back from the dead. Isaac was brought back figuratively by the faith of Abraham, but Jesus rose from the dead three days after he was crucified. And listen, there's no accidents or coincidences within the will of God. The story of Abraham and Isaac was given to show us God's plan of salvation. The fact that uh, you have a God in heaven who loves you, who's willing to give his only son, Jesus, for our sins. And on that cross, Jesus became what we were so that we might become what he is. Romans 8.32, he that spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him freely give us all things? Think about that when you pray. If God did not withhold his son, what is he gonna withhold from you? He's not gonna withhold anything from you. And although when Abraham, although he was ready to sacrifice his own son, I'm sure with with a tear in his eye, and, and that angel stopped his hand when Jesus was on that cross. God the Father let the nails go through his hands. Let him die on that cross. The fulfillment, the greater Isaac, the greater picture was born. That he bore our sin, bore our shame, bore our pain, bore our curse. He bore it all, the great exchange, that he bore that all so that we might become the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. And so that we might be loved with the very same love that the Son loves the Father and the Father loves the Son. If we could all bow our heads, If you've never experienced a love like that, a love that sees you exactly how you are, where you are, and right now, the Holy Spirit is drawing you, saying, I love you. I died for you. Won't you come to me right now in this moment? Tonight can be your day of salvation. If you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ and you want to give your life to Jesus, you want to say, Lord, I want to make my peace with you. I want to be forgiven of my sins. I want to follow you for my life. I need the Holy Spirit to live within me and empower me. If that's you today, you just got to do one simple thing just in response and that's just slip a hand up and put it right in the air. I I don't want to take for granted that we're all saved tonight. I want to give you that opportunity. Amen. 
worship team, if you want to make your way up. How long, how, how tough would it be to do the reckless love of God? We can do it. I don't know if you can try to pull that up. But this whole night was just about you to feel a revelation of the love of God. What he did for you. What he did for you so that you could be free. He doesn't want you bound up in addictions and he doesn't want you bound up in poverty and he doesn't want you with all kind of bondages in your life. He wants you free. He wants you free. He came that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly, that every family curse is broken. I don't care if everybody in your generational line was a drug addict or an alcoholic. It doesn't mean that you gotta be a drug addict or an alcoholic. That curse can be broken and you can start a new family line. You can have, there could be people in your family who were abusers, people that have kids all over town. You could have a, you could have a whole family line of perverts, but you know what? That curse can be broken in Jesus' name. He died to set you free and who the sun sets free is free indeed. And that sacrifice wasn't for nothing. No, that sacrifice broke every curse. It broke every sin. It gave you authority over serpents and snakes and over all powers of the enemy. He died so that you could be healed. He died so that you could be whole. He died so that you could live in victory and live a victorious life. And he died so that you could go to heaven one day so that you don't have no guilt in life and you won't have any fear in death. You're just going to say, you know what? It's just my time to go home. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Could we stand and worship him? Thank you, Lord, for your love. Lord, I just pray as, as the praises go up. Lord, I just pray for a, a, just a fresh baptism of your love right now. Lord, I know this has to come through revelation. Lord, so I ask for a spirit of wisdom and revelation right now that people would experience your love like they've never experienced before, not as a story from a book. Fill them with your love. Perfect love cast out all fear because fear involves torment. He didn't create you to be tormented. He created you to be free. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We praise, we honor you. We give you glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
Thank you, Lord. And, and I feel that the word of the Lord tonight is that when you realize that he loves you with a perfect love and that perfect love casts out fear, that all fear is being broken. Fear of being too old, thinking that you've missed it. Fear of being lonely, fear of not having enough, fear of not being good enough, not doing a good enough job, fear of inadequacy and, and insecurity, fear of not being uh, fitting in, fear of not 
meeting the world's expectations. I want the perfect love of the Lord to come in right now and just break all that fear off of your life. All insecurity. Just bind up the orphan spirit in Jesus' name. Let the river of love flow. We thank you, Lord, that you gave your only begotten son. And if you gave your son, your son that you love, we know that you won't withhold any good thing from us. Lord, so I thank you, Lord, that Today, we, we may have to give some things back to you, some things that we're striving, some things that we've, we've been trying to kick open doors and maybe birth an Ishmael's all along the way. We give those things to you. And we say that you're enough. We say that your love is enough, that your plan is better, that your way is better. And anything that you add on, that's just extra. But Lord, we trust you. We trust our lives into your hand. Can we just lift our hands up to the glory realm? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. I send you out with the authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and over all powers of the enemy. And until we meet again, May the blessing and the favor of the Lord Jesus Christ rest upon you and your house. In Jesus' name, this service is finished. But you can stay and you can hang out as long as you want. I'll let you lock up if you want. You want to spend the night, you can do that. But if you just want to soak in his presence, if you just need to hear his voice, if you just need to be quiet if you need the, somebody to pray with you that's fine god bless you i love you guys
Jealous for me, loves like a hurricane. I am a tree bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy.
shadow. I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it, Lord. I don't deserve it. I couldn't earn it.
Search the deep places, search deep places, search the deep places, search the deep places, deep places, deep places.
Open up my plans. Let it be pleasing. 